Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, y'all. Seven Rounds in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by Sports Drink. The college football season is less than a month away. It is I, Rob Paul, a.k.a. the Big 12 representative who sent ESPN the cease and desist. And with me, as always, is AJ, Texas and Oklahoma killed tradition, Marchese. You know, I was going to come on here and also uh, try to sue ESPN slash Disney, but now that Jalen Suggs is a part of the Disney family, uh, I'm on board of the train. So are you upset that Scarlett Johansson's suing Disney? I'm very upset at Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> they weren't in theaters. Uh, Scarjo, what do you want? People to go to theaters and get COVID? Come on. That's literally what they said. <laughs> Today, we're That's continuing funny. our 2022 NFL Draft Summer Scouting Series with the Big 12. Horns down. Let's hit it. Going out to Vegas. Gonna set my draft. Gonna set my draft. On fire seven 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 rounds in heaven with my lady driving out to Vegas, baby, looking for a stingley or Thibodeau. Who's gonna bat it on draft day? Who's gonna wager future picks away? Who's gonna reach for a blue blood lineman? The home team. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. Well, Spotify green room users will know. AJ's no longer doing hockey Spotify green rooms. The NHL season's way over. AJ's focus is turned to the NBA draft, specifically the Orlando Magic's draft. Where, AJ, are you just talking about the Magic's draft class? I'm only talking about the Magic's draft class. And I'm going to break it down who they would have taken if they had each specific pick in the draft. Um, first of all, I mean, obviously lots of Suggs talk, lots of Franz talk. Don't even need to say the last name. He's just known as Franz around our parts. Uh, they, tr- the big trade in the second round, the Clippers took, uh, the Ohio kid. That's all I'll call him. I can't remember his name. Uh, Jason Preston. <laughs> yeah. The Ohio kid. Ohio had a player drafted. Michigan had a couple players drafted. Ohio State, nobody drafted. Just throw that in there too. Uh, and that's what we're well, talking Dwayne about. Well, Washington signed with Indiana. That's pretty good. He signed with contract. That's true. That is true. Yeah, Spotify Greenroom, a live <laughs> audio-only sports talk platform, free to download and to use. Talk to AJ, other fans, athletes, insiders in real time. Perfect for watch parties like the NBA draft, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news like 
What's Jalen Suggs doing today in Orlando? Share your own experiences on the app. All you need to do is download the Spotify Greenroom app free in the iOS app store. Create a profile, link your Twitter, join the group, follow anyone and everyone. And be notified when they go live. Come with your spiciest takes, like why Franz Wagner was the seal of the draft. Okay. It's not, it's not hot, that's just correct. Oh, okay. Sorry. My, you know what? My apologies. Uh, the Big 12. We have uh, we got through the Pac-12. We're into the Big 12. Next week, they, what, ACC? Um, yeah. Part of today's show, will we will include Texas and Oklahoma, even though we wish we weren't. Because they betrayed the Big 12. The Big 12, which consists of 10 teams, is now only 8 teams. Um, before we get into it, AJ, quickly, what's your ideal scenario for the remaining 8? I don't know. I I think I'm getting on board of this uh, super big American conference where it's just the Big 12 and the American Athletic combo and... Go like add someone else. I saw uh, the college football Reddit Twitter say add army and just go like four divisions of five teams. That sounds like a lot of fun. Imagine imagine like a, a two week ch- championship week. I mean, with with the playoffs, that's so much. But that'd be really cool too. I really liked when I saw that uh, the college football Reddit's post of that the uh, the the bubble or the po- I guess it's a pod the pod that was just all the Texas schools. Yeah, like that would be legit cool, and like it, I mean, it works really well. All right, you heard it here first. AAC Super Conference, like the Super League in soccer. But I want it to be called the Big American. Okay, that's that's a I great like name. That. That's a great yeah. name. Okay, done, 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 sealed, delivered. I'll take it to the bosses. All right, let's get into the quarterbacks, and let's start. With my number one quarterback in the 2022 NFL Draft and many people. Max Duggan. Max Duggan. Old Max. He can't throw a slant on time, but boy, can he run. <gasps> okay, yeah. So, Spencer Rattler, <laughs> yeah. is he your number one quarterback at this point in time? Yeah, yes, he is. Uh, I, I have a borderline first-round grade on him, Rob. I think he is clearly... Especially the way he got better throughout the season. If you do... Yeah. Uh, um, some of the games like down the stretch there into the bowl game, he he's so and of course he's a redshirt freshman. He was learning as he went, and he was so much better by the end of the season. I think yeah, you throw on the tape, and it's it's pretty clear that although as much as I like Malik Willis, as much as I like Carson Strong, um, and, and we'll get to some other big name quarterbacks uh, in the next three conferences, but as much as I like those guys, Spencer Rattler, you come away and you think like this guy is a first round guy. Those other guys showed things that could get them there, but Spencer Rattler is going to be a first-round pick. Yeah, I think that's a very fair takeaway. And, yeah, honestly, the the, the big takeaway for me that really put him, you know, into that, because it's the summer. We're, both of us are fairly stingy on first-round grades. So a borderline first-round grade um, is, is rare for me at this point. Um, but, yeah, I think the big takeaway was how much he got better at his decision-making and minimizing his risks throughout the season you, you watch the k-state game where do you throw th- three picks or four picks i can't remember and they lost four. four three touchdowns four picks and then you you jump to the florida game where he was pretty spectacular it could have been an even bigger game there's a couple deep drops um and you just come away you're thinking okay another full off season 
uh, for, like you said, a guy that's just coming off his redshirt freshman year uh, with the country fairly normal at this point, uh, going into a normal season, and, you know, the sky's the limit for him. Um, it, it, it's not even – it's not just the arm talent, but that stands out so much, and it's the deep ball placement. Yeah. It's out of structure, off-platform, these Mahomesian-type deep balls. It's – the poise under fire, where I was watching the Iowa State game, you had a rusher uh, coming front side right on him. He, I mean, he felt it. He stayed strong. He dropped a dime down the seam. Um, just a perfectly placed ball over the shoulders into the bucket. You see that time and time again. And, and, and like you said, he just got so much more consistent. Like you saw flashes early in, in his uh, yeah. redshirt freshman season where you're like, yeah, the arm tells you, like, I can see why he was the number one quarterback recruit, five-star and everything, why there was so much hype. But there's a lot that needs to be put together in terms of consistency with decision-making placement, not forcing things into traffic. Um and just being more consistent even with his footwork and maneuvering through the pocket. And then by the end of the season, it's like all this stuff was cleaned up so quickly. And yeah, yeah. through a season in which there was a pandemic and they didn't have a proper fall, fall uh, spring and fall. Um, and, and now, yeah, another year in the system, another year with Lincoln Riley. Uh, returning a ton on offense. And I, I, I don't know, like it, it, it almost seems insane to think any other quarterback would end up the QB one by the end of this process. Like we've I, seen uh, it, we've seen it before where a quarterback comes out of nowhere and does that. Obviously we, we we've seen it fairly recently, but I don't know. He just, he has all the physical tools and the mental makeup. You can just see him progressing so quickly. Like he's so much faster through his reads by the end of the season. He's not staring stuff down by the end of the season. He, 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 he's making just consistent, jaw-dropping plays out of structure um, by the end of the season. He, he's everything you want in a modern quarterback, I would say. Yeah, I, going back to what you, you said there, I was so impressed with how um, like composed he is. And uh, in the face of pressure, he's just so cool. And um, honestly, sometimes he's a bit too laxed, where like he just kind of like he's just so focused downfield, which it's not even a knock at this point. And he's usually so good at escaping it. Like, you know, nine out of ten times is perfect. Sometimes you see him just a little chill and then – one of those uh, <laughs> sneaky athletic Big Twelve uh, defensive linemen to get on him or something, you know what I mean? But like that, that will all come clean. And like you said, the footwork uh, sloppy at times, kind of gets stuck sometimes. Uh, as, I, uh, but I do releasing. think it, I do think it got, got better. better throughout the season. Yeah, like yeah, it, it, that was the point I was gonna make. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> but yeah, like, like it just I'm just going over things. Uh, like you said, the arm is all there. But you know what I, I'm really impressed with is like. It's it's such an easy deep ball. Like he he looks the same, toes to to the top of his head to the release point uh, when he's throwing a five yard pass or when he's throwing a fifty yard pass and like that that just really impressed me. And and lastly, last thing I'll add here, uh, his accuracy on the move is really impressive. And like you said, uh, the off platform throws and just the regular scrambly throws, he just does such a good job of getting his shoulder square. And the, he's he's very very accurate. I do. I also want to add that he isn't like he's an athletic quarterback, but he rarely looks to run. Yeah, he always sure. remains a passer as long as he can. Keeps his eyes downfield as, as yeah. he's flush from the pocket. Rarely tucks and goes. Um, and I think that's something that really separates him from a guy like Malik Willis, who lean, can lean heavily on that that um, rushing ability at times. Whereas Rattler 
always seems to remain a quarterback. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I'm sure the situation helps him too, where, you know, he knows he's got some really strong offensive linemen, some really great weapons and whatnot can be to where, you know, Malik Willis can just out athlete everyone on the field at his level. Right. But yeah, yes. no, no, for sure. His composure level is, is extremely impressive. Impressive. Um, do you have any draftables on the remaining quarterback? No, I don't have any other draftables. Um, we can do other quarterbacks. Um, I, I, I just want to touch on some some quickly. Yeah. Let's touch on Purdy quickly because he's a guy who went into okay. last season as a first-round yeah. guy where it was what we like to say a Walter football first-round pick. You threw on the tape and you didn't see it. Uh, he, he's a guy who's he's going to end up the best quarterback in Iowa State history, obviously. But it's just the physical tools aren't there. Um, and, and just the inconsistencies and accuracy – and the the turnover prone decisions, especially just yeah. under when he feels the rush, it, like anything can happen. So that that's I I imagine there's a path where we see him at the Senior Bowl and he, he does end up a day three guy potentially. But yeah, that's that's a guy who is kind of a bigger name than game. I would say. Yeah, I agree. Like I'll, I'll own up to it. I didn't hate him at this point last year. The first round talk it was insane, but. Uh, I thought, you know, like a mid-ish day three guy. Um, now I don't have a draftable grade, but I think he regressed big time last season. And like you said, uh, the decision-making completely fell apart. I thought his accuracy was just a lot worse. Um, I thought that's something that, you know, like the arm strength was never the never a tool for him. But I thought, like, he was a good, accurate quarterback. But last year, just, I don't know, completely fell apart. He kind of got his bearings toward the end of the season. But uh, still not a lot there. Um Another guy getting weird hype, uh, Tyler Shug, that I okay, I kind of like. I was gonna, I was gonna, I was gonna say, I was gonna kind of lump him and Spencer Sanders in a group together here, where yeah. it's the guys who you see it at times. They've clearly got the physical tools, yeah. Um, and it's just kind of putting it together with, uh, consistent ball placement at each level, consistent um, decision making, and like. Like, I like Spencer Sanders a lot, and I, th- I think he could be something, but obviously getting hurt last year kind of derailed yeah. that. Um, and then, yeah, with Tyler Shaw, you saw it at times at Oregon. Obviously, he transfers to Texas Tech. Uh, big guy. Moves pretty well for a bigger guy. Yeah. I think pretty clean mechanics, too. Um, but it's kind of with both those guys, I think it's more of a wait-and-see thing. Yeah, like with, with Shaw, like he like he's 6'5", 220. He looks the part. Like you said, that that athleticism is there. Uh, I think the arm, it, like not elite, but it's there. Um, you see, you see the ability to push it downfield. Um, I think it'd be really fun at Texas Tech. I think the glimpses are there, uh, but right now his tape is just like inaccurate. Lots of panicky throws, and lots of those are short balls. So, yeah, I, I think he's gonna be really fun at Tech. And yeah, I, I like Sanders last year. I think there's something there. Uh, and then, yeah, D- Duggan, honestly, remember, I feel like weirdly I gave Duggan shit last year. Like, not even, obviously he wasn't eligible yet. But I, I didn't come around on him, but he's better than I thought he was. He's, he's a tough he's, guy. He, he's a good athlete. You know, I'll throw him, even I'll throw him with, with the other two in terms of it's more of a wait-and-see thing. Because he was a guy who, yeah. he pl- played pretty well as a, as a true freshman. Um, yeah. And then he had a heart condition before the season at TCU last year. And obviously with the COVID stuff, too. And so he said, I'm pretty sure he didn't, he said he didn't feel like himself until December. Uh, cause, cause he obviously started throughout the year, 
despite the the surgery but um so that's another guy who in, in like he moves really well he's a very good athlete yeah. and like the and, arm like, is there the arm is there the like a uh, quick release and i was kind of impressed at how consistently and this is a bad thing for tcu but it was impressive for me that he was getting like i think it was a texas game he was getting hit hit hard like every snap but yeah, making the throws head. and tough throws so i can yeah, so, be impressed about that yeah yeah so that's, I, i'd say those three are kind of in this wait and see thing where yeah the, the talent is there yeah exactly they have the physical stuff um and just let me please talk about jared daggy because he's a maction bowling green transfer to west virginia he's a good college quarterback and yes. I think he's a guy who's going to be at the uh, NFL PA Bowl and play in the CFL. He has his moments. Definitely has his he moments. Ha- he has some impressive deep accuracy throws. Yeah. I like I like, like undrafted grade, but I legitimately, like, I, I think he's quite quite a good college quarterback. Bigger grade than Purdy, though? No. Be honest. Okay. All right. I thought, I thought you were going to say yes. <laughs> I wish. Purdy Speaking is of- my lowest grade of, of the guys we talked about. Not, not Deggy, though. But the other guys, I have him above Purdy. But Charlie Brewer was your number one until he transferred from Baylor? Yeah, he's at the top. <laughs> he would have been my top guy in the Big 12. Uh, okay, speaking of Purdy, how about his teammate, Brees Hall? Uh, is he your number one running back? Yeah, I mean, obviously he's my number one running back. Is he your number one running back? Yes, Brees Hall's my number one running back in the country. Um, yeah. I, like, I don't have a first-round grade, but I could see it him becoming a first round pick i i got a mid second round grade on him right now but i, I totally agree yeah yeah same Six one two fifteen. incredible balance big burst yeah. for a, a 215 pound back um just a, i thought a really instinctual runner absolutely really, yeah yeah just impatient which yep. is something david montgomery also had at iowa state they're, they're doing a good job of turning up patient runners um He'll press the line. He'll wait. He'll find a crevice and he'll hit it. And the like that's it. He he turns nothing into something pretty consistently. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, with the instincts, it's just he knows how to string moves together in tight he quarters does. in the open field. He just he, very good body control was something I thought. Yeah. Um, I agree with everything you said. Like it's. First of all, he's pretty much ideal running back size. Um, he's sudden but also fluid. And like you said, just the vision is great. He's instinctual as hell. And like when he gets in the open field, he, he's just so dangerous when he gets to the second level. And then you combine that with the great contact balance. Uh, he's got a really effective stiff arm when he throws it. Uh, he's dangerous as hell. And he feels so complete right now, except maybe the one thing you want to nitpick him for is you like to see him do more in the passing game. And he had, like, 23 catches last year. But um, saw saw this stat. Apparently only one of his career targets was more than eight eight yards downfield. I was going to say, he doesn't get utilized a ton, a ton as a pass catcher in terms of being asked to do all that much other than being a check down guy of the backfield. But I do want to say he he is a quite competent pass protector. Yeah, no, uh, very, very solid. Um, I totally agree. Yeah, it's almost like... Just using him in the past game um, wouldn't just be huge for his draft stock, but that feels like that could be huge for Iowa State's success, period, because it feels like something that could lend to Purdy's success really well, um, especially with all the balls he was forcing last year. And I think that would just be huge if they could unlock him, not just as you know a swing pass catcher, and figure out a little more of a downfield and see him, let him run a little more routes. 
Um, is your number two back Eric Gray of Oklahoma? Who was he? Is um, he is. I, they're my only two draftable grades. Oh really? Um, okay, I've got three more draftables. I have like uh one two. I like I, honestly I like the whole group to be completely honest. I just don't have draftable grades. Got a bunch of borderline draftables. So with Eric Gray, obviously Tennessee transfer, he's now at Oklahoma. Love that. Um, repping the number zero, he was yeah. a, a guy at Tennessee where though you could see it all. Physical tools. I think he's got great short area quickness, open field elusiveness, catches the ball pretty well. Um, not the most powerful runner, but breaks arm Runs tackles. Hard, yeah, he, he does run hard. Um, I, I do want to see some things to kind of elevate to, like, because I, I, I see a guy who has day two talent there. And, and I think to elevate to that day two level, I want to see him, um, vision was a was, was something I want to see improved. That'll um, just help having that Oklahoma office line in front of them. Exactly. Uh, I, I, I'm obviously pass protection. That's always something. I just want to see him, um, kind of turn turn more inside runs into positives I, I i felt a lot of the time it was if it wasn't there not a lot was going to happen which is something going back to Brees yeah. hall Brees hall does a great job of making something happen when nothing's there um but uh, again that was like part of the problem was tennessee couldn't throw the ball so it was a lot of stacked boxes eric gray was running yeah. into um but i'm super excited to see him in oklahoma yeah, he, he feels like he shot over the cannon uh, pretty often. I think the burst is great. Yeah. and he runs like those, you said, he runs hard as hell. Yeah, and I, I think you see some really nice contact balance. I, I you see him go head first or head on into contact, and keep his feet and get out of there. Situations that you're surprised on. I actually would like to see him uh, be a little bit better in the open field. I, I think the Kentucky game where he was one on one with a linebacker a couple times, a couple once after the catch, and just some open field tackles and just getting tripped up enough that you're like. You know, you know the ones where you know the running back's pounding the dirt and hops up after. Uh, I like to see him just kind of close those out a little more, which I think will happen in the Big Twelve. And um, thirty catches last year, but a couple couple bad drops, just concentration drops that um, will come. So yeah, I, I definitely think he's got the talent to push up to it to a day two type of back. Especially now that he's at Oklahoma. Yes, yeah, it's a great transfer for him. All right, my my, my third back's Roderick Thompson of Texas Tech, who. Minus I just love. Okay, he was kind of a pleasant surprise for me. me Another well built back, six foot two fifteen. I thought co- contact balance and, and pass catching ability were pretty. Like he at Tech, he's he's catching a fair amount of passes, um, and he looked pretty confident and comfortable doing it. Uh, and he breaks a lot of arm tackles. He's really good balance. Um, I do want to see him make dudes miss a little bit more. I I kind of do worry about the overall athleticism there, but. I don't. I, I I liked what I saw out of him. Hey, you saw you saw that one long run against Texas, and that's SEC speed. So if you run away from the Texas D, you can run away from anyone. Um, but, but no, yeah, at that size, I I think he's got good juice for the size. He's pretty sudden. Um, like you said, contact balance. You see some like agility there. He's kind of nimble. I definitely think there's a lot there's a lot to build on for a guy that came out of nowhere for me too. Um. I also I, I like Letty Brown and LD LDB Brown, LD Brown. Yeah, my uh, after those Letty, those guys, my next group is like Brooks Brown and Brown. <laughs> Br- Br- Letty Brown runs really tough. He's just a really physical, yeah. powerful runner. Um, 
I loved his contact balance. And then L.D. Brown from Oklahoma State, I like the elusiveness and the athleticism. I thought he had some big bursts, some nice quicks. Uh, and, yeah, you mentioned Kennedy Brooks, too. He's a guy who took a year off, uh, opted yep. out because of COVID. He's back now, and you get to pair him with um, uh, Eric Gray, which is pretty exciting. Um, yeah. He's he's kind of just – like, I, I thought – I, I, elusiveness and quickness were kind of his game, but he's well-built, and I don't know. He makes a lot of splashy plays. Yeah, he's a rugged runner. I feel like he's got good vision, just runs hard, breaks tackles. I think he's got the makeup to be a reliable RB2, and he kind of reminds me of Jamal Williams. Oh, I've got a Damian Williams comp on him. <laughs> he reminds me of some Williamses. Maybe it could be... Uh, who other? Ted Williams <laughs> on the base all the time. Uh, yeah, 5'11", 215. I like him. Uh, LD, I, I agree with what you said. I was really impressed by his pass bro, though. Uh, I thought he had above-average pass protection ability, especially for a guy that's, you know, 5'9", 200-ish, probably yeah, under not, 200. not big. I was impressed there. And, yeah, Letty, just, Letty Brown just runs really hard. But I do think if he goes horizontal, there's kind of just nothing there. But with the contact balance and the hard running, uh, he's fun. I like I liked that whole group, to be honest. Like, even Rashawn Johnson at Texas, I know he's going to be RB2, but he's a big boy at 62, 223. Yep. It's kind of fun. Former quarterback, I, I, yeah. I think he's a nice physical, smart runner. Yeah, um, very willing in pass protection. He, yeah, I, I liked all these. Like, I didn't dislike any of the backs we watched. No, I think it's a good group, and like, I think we'll see a lot of these guys get into into camps. Or, uh, which who do you have draftable grades on after Gray? Um, Thompson and the Browns. Okay, so you got a lot. Yeah, and they the, they are, I like I said, I go go Thompson, Brooks, Browns. Uh, close and all borderline draftables for me. Uh, okay, jumping to wide receivers, how many draftable grades do you have? One. Who is it? Uh, surprise me again, Texas Tech. Eric yeah. Uzukanama. So we agree on that, though. That, yeah, he, I like him. He was my favorite. I don't know a whole lot, and he's really good. Both the Tech guys, uh, the, Thompson and, and him. Yeah. He's uh so six three two twenty already built awesome, Eric Izukanma. However you said it, you said it better. Izukanma. Um, I don't know. Physical as hell at the catch point. Physical yeah. as hell after after the catch. I he, he like never went down on first contact. Um, fifty fifty ball expertise. Not big burst downfield. Not like no. big long speed, but wins those fifty fifty balls. Uh, I want to see better route running. Part of that is he's like not asked to run more than three routes. But a pretty good, I thought a pretty good release repertoire, despite which gives me confidence that he could improve as a route runner. Yeah, I think for like for a guy that's six three two twenty, I think he's like fairly twitchy and he's got some suddenness in him. Mm-hmm. And those traits are huge when you can just learning how to run routes. I think, you know, like like Char- DJ Chark, obviously not the same players, but. I remember him like he was not just not running a lot of routes um, in college, and but you saw the traits there. I'm not not copying them, obviously they're very different players, but I think just see when you see that suddenness, especially for a bigger guy, which tracks back to, um, it just I think that translates into a guy that you know can get there if if he if he wants to, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, he he also I thought he did a really good job finding holes in zone coverage. Like, they run a lot of option routes, and he always, he seemingly always made the right decision. He'd find good holes, settle down, 
just pick up five, seven yards. Uh, he, he, yeah, I don't know. He, I know he broke his arm this offseason, so we'll see what happens there. But he he's looking like a guy who's like a legitimate high day three or higher draft pick at some point. Yeah, I have a, I have a late day three on him right now, but no, I, I think the talent is there. Um, there, I, I do, okay, I want to point out two wide receivers who I just want to see more of, uh, both the Oklahoma guys, Theo Weiss, Jaden yeah. Hazelwood, both really young, both, I think, technic- technically, because of COVID rule, will be redshirt sophomores. Yeah. Yeah. Weiss obviously played a lot more last year, uh, Hazelwood was the big, big recruit. Um, and then obviously they have Marvin Mims, who's still another year away from being eligible. But I think though, yeah, yeah, like clearly the best. I think those two are are definitely guys to track because you can see the talents there, physical to, tools like Weiss can fly, Hazelwood's uh, more of a big physical, um, yeah, body like Denzel Mims esque type receiver. So I'm really excited to see more of them. The, the you just need to see more at this point. Um. I, I do. Who's your number two guy? Uh, Xavier Hutchinson, but uh, you don't. I just him. think he's re- reliable. Yeah. What? I, I was gonna say yeah. Um, I want. I'm excited. Another guy I just want to mention, Joshua Moore, Texas, just to see how Sark uses him because he can kind of yeah. fly. So that's a guy who could. He's really real thin. That's a guy who could do something. And I, I, I one more thing, Winston Wright from West Virginia. I really like the way they use him. Like, I don't I'll have a draft more, grade on him, yeah. but he's fun. I'll have one more thing here. It's um, uh, not to talk out of school, if I'm even using that term right, but I saw Dane Brugler had Braden Johnson from Oklahoma State in his top uh, 20 senior receivers. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, I wasn't, I, I wasn't super impressed, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I like a lot of these younger guys more. Yeah. Um, like, he, he, he could fly a little bit, but his 2019 was better than his 2020. Yeah, like he's know. a decent deep threat, but he, he just really struggles to find the ball at times. And yeah, the, if you're the a deep threat skills, and you can't do that, then you're uh, you're in trouble. The, yeah. <laughs> the ball skills and the in the route running were the big. Uh, I'm not so mm-hmm. sure about him. Um, but talking tight ends, talking tight ends, that should be our. Own. We should do a show where we just do tight ends. Hundred percent agree. Who's your number one tight end? <laughs> I like the two obvious guys here, but my number one is. The soon-to-be SEC man, <laughs> not really. Austin Stogner from uh, Oklahoma. I, I have them very close between Stogner and Kohler, but uh, I think just Stog- Stogner's upside is is a lot yeah. more enticing. A lot, yeah. So Stogner, obviously, he's playing a lot of the same role that Mark Andrews played at Oklahoma, where he's playing that yeah. big jumbo slot, six six two sixty. Plays some H back as well. Uh, kind of just a, a bit of a power forward out there, kind of dunking on dudes. Really good in yeah. traffic. Again, awesome catch point player. Um, doesn't do a ton as a blocker. Isn't asked to do a ton as a blocker also because he's playing in the slot so much. Um, and isn't asked to do a lot in terms of route running. A lot of seam routes. Um, but yeah, he's yeah. just a guy dripping with potential. Yeah, you see the body control. Like obviously, like you said, 6'6", 260, he's huge. Uh, he's got a big catch radius and he uses it really well. Um, ties out with a nice body control, uh, some nice vertical speed, but you like, like you said, kind of a lot of seam routes. I will say, as a blocker, um, very, very not technically sound, yeah. but 
I think he's got plenty of strength to him, and I think he's willing. I think. Well, he's also in, huge, and he's huge, and he's huge, right? I, so I don't think, like, obviously it's going to be a slight knock for him if, if come draft time for him, but I, I don't think an NFL team is going to look at him and be like, okay, we can't ever turn this guy into someone that can play in line. Well, I mean, I, I mean, you you can use these same things. I don't de- dig Dongalon. Uh, they with Mark Andrews, right? Like, and I, yeah. I don't think anyone's complaining about that with Mark Andrews. No, I but I think even at this point, I think he's a better blocker than Mark Andrews was. He's better than Mark Andrews. You heard it here first. Um, at this point, <laughs> yeah, he is. It so far of the tight ends we've done, it's kind of there's. I don't think there's anyone who you absolutely bang the table for as a top one hundred guy necessarily. Do you have? Okay. Where where would you put if just because we talked about three good ones last week in the Pac twelve, where would you put Stogner if you're ranking him with those three? Uh slightly ahead. Okay, I've got him behind all three. Okay. I very, very slightly. I got like a I got a fourth, fifth round grade on Stogner. I got a fourth, fifth round grade on Kohler. I had a fourth, fifth round grade on those three too. So it's just like it's really just slightly ahead. Okay. Uh with Kohler, you're getting a guy another guy who's six six, two sixty. Great hands. Really uh, physical at the catch point. Does a good job finding holes in zone. Big, big worry is just not a very good athlete and nothing as a route runner. Like, I can't see him really elevating himself past being a day three guy, mainly because of, I just don't think he has the athleticism. And just the lack of separation and the lack of route running ability scare me off. But I do have, like, a, a, a firm day three draftable. Yeah, like, I like if I have a fourth, fifth, I think, like, he's going to go there and he's... Like he's not gonna go any worse than that because there are teams that still covet guys like that because you know he's 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 a bit like a Kyle Rudolph like he's big he's physical uh, a bit physical after the catch too like I said I, see I, he's not fast at all but he's not he's not some cumbersome guy I don't think like we've we've seen a lot worse athletes at tight end um, I think it's my my issue though is he's not a good athlete and he's like he's just giving me nothing really as a route runner yeah fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, you do you like his teammate Chase Allen? I think Chase Allen blocks really hard. I, he does. Well, it's funny because yeah. Stogner and Kohler are both the pass catchers. Then we got Chase Allen, and Jeremiah Hall, who are both yeah. just like per, like all they're there to do is block. Um, I think Chase Allen can find himself into a, uh, potentially onto a roster because of his his blocking efforts will. and. And his size, I'd like to add 20 pounds to him, though, and just have him only ever block. I like, and I also really like the way they use him. They use both of them so well. Like, it's... Yeah. And then... Kohler's the wide receiver one on the team, really. Yeah. And then with Jeremiah Hall, he's like, he's more of a true fullback, really. I like, I always, I always enjoy the, those, like the fullbacks that Oklahoma trains. feels like they're one of like the, the most fun for fullbacks. Remember, I still love Dimitri Flowers, Rob. I'll never forget Dimitri Flowers. I'm, I'm honestly still shocked he didn't make it in the NFL. I, I, I really think just the NFL is not creative enough for him. I think some team should have found a Sh- role for him. If, 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 if Shani had him, he would have been thriving. 100%. 100%. You know this is this is big in the weeds, but I thought I thought Tyree McCants, the old USF wide receiver, who was oh my god, I know built like a fullback. This. I think they could have turned him into a into an elite fullback. He was built Pass like Nick Lewis. Him. He was built like Nick Lewis from the Calgary Stampeders. He was. I love. I love Tyree, but he was so good for USF. Uh, you just missed the glory days of USF football. 
<laughs> like three years ago. Yeah, I mean, and then before that, yeah. Okay, offensive line talk. Um, let's just do. Do, do you want to do tackles then interior, or do you no. want to do it all together? Do it together. <laughs> uh, who's your number one overall offensive lineman? Uh, Marquis Hayes from Oklahoma. Okay, I do not like him. Okay, <laughs> I don't have a high grade on him. I got a, I like Dave. Okay, I, I I have a, a fairly high grade on one of these guys. Okay, here you you go ahead if since you got a fa- you're a fan of someone. Wanya Morris, who transferred from Tennessee to Oklahoma, similar to Eric Gray, who should be starting at left tackle for Oklahoma. Yeah. I I think you can see why he was a five star recruit. Uh, I hate that Tennessee rotates him in and out. That yeah, got I, really annoying. I'm gonna be honest. I didn't get eyes on him because I couldn't figure out when the hell he's playing because they play him at the fucking jumbo tight end spot too he uh he, they like rotate him and J- uh johnson i can't remember his johnson name. johnson yeah. uh yeah they rotate them like every series it was really awful um yeah but he he is he's a he's a heck of an athlete 6'5 312 moves really well does a really good job getting the second level plays with some mf or to him i thought um he bend like the bend he in leverage he played with uh was awesome too. He's a very talented run blocker who just is technically not there as a pass protector. Um, his feet are a little wonky. His base can get pretty narrow. His hands can shoot outside and, and won't be on time with his feet. Uh, and, and add that all together, and that hurts your anchor obviously. But I'm really excited to see what happens with him at Oklahoma. Uh, because again, I think all the physical tools are there, and he's a, he's a very talented run blocker. I like him a lot, and I think I think he's got some high high potential. Fair enough. Um, Tennessee's gonna feel really stupid when Morrison and Gray go go high <laughs> from Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, let's. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I, I just got... wanna... Okay, go ahead. I was just gonna say. Obina Ezi, uh, the Memphis transfer to TCU, he's a guy that I've seen hype on and I don't see it. And because there's only two tackles we're really talking about here, him and Wanya Morris. Yeah. Figure let's bang that out. Um Did you do you see it? No, 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 I don't. I don't <laughs> get it. Right Is it because he's a name that's been around and like he's a good AAC guy and he's six eight and like he is he's just he plays so high and his feet are awful. And I he forgot just, he had buzz until until you mentioned it. To be honest, he's like a six eight athlete who moves quite well, and, and yeah, but like he doesn't, like I don't know, he doesn't know how to pass protect at all, and he plays so high, and it's almost like he 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 walls guys off in, in the run game rather than try to get in in them and and drive them downfield. I don't know. I just thought I should mention I because I, he's transferring to TCU, and um, I don't know. I just didn't see it. Yeah, no, me neither. And hey, you didn't see with Marquise Hayes. Well, I, I actually a guy I saw lots of buzz for. Um, I like him as a day three guy. Like he's he's six five, three thirty ish, big guy, uh, powerful guy. I think the anchor is good, pulls well. He moves pretty solid for that size, and he holds up pretty well in pass protection. And this time last year, I I think there was buzz for him too, and I threw him on and and Tyrese Robinson on and. Um, I wasn't impressed with either of them this time last year. You saw the traits, but and Ely, but they're both yeah. huge. They're both big, and I, I again throw on the twenty twenty. Um, I don't think Tyrese Robinson made the steps. I think he just looks still so sloppy, and he's just yeah, slow, yeah. and he loses like that. But I think Hayes, Hayes, I think he got his shit together, and I think he's he's gonna take another leap this year. 
Yeah, with Ro- Robinson, you, you like you can see the power at times, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you sloppy's a, kind of the right word there. Um, just kind of doesn't have the athleticism to hold up, and, and yeah, that can be a exactly. problem in pass protection. Where you know, I think you're right with Hayes in terms of, and Hayes being like he's so big. Uh, yeah. I, I think he's both the better athlete and more of the mf'er in him. Agreed. Like, yeah, more of yeah, the tone no, setter. Uh, a feet were the big thing with me. Feet and bend. I want to see him play with better leverage. I like all that power, all that size yeah. behind him, and, he, and he'll pop up too frequently. Um, and, and then yeah, in pass protection, when the feet get sketchy, the base gets sketchy, and that's when the whole thing collapses. But I can see that. I I definitely see the uh, the steps towards him becoming something. Yeah. Uh, did you have any draftables on the inside? I like Josh Sills. Okay, I got a six round grade on him. Okay, yeah, good. like, and he's a guy who I, I, kind of what you said about Hayes. I thought, um, Same obviously West Virginia transfer. I thought he got a lot better this year at Oklahoma State. And you know six, what? Five, I, I was kind of impressed that. Sorry, just to jump on your toes here, but he had a. They, they kicked him out to tackle just because injuries at times, and yeah. he didn't look bad. He didn't look no. bad. And uh, he, uh, yeah, six five three twenty eight. He's built to be a left guard in the power scheme. But yeah, when they asked him to yeah. tackle, he, he did a lot better than I was expecting. Um, Me too. Really powerful. Not the greatest athlete. That's kind of the big flaw. That's why I think he's like power scheme specific. But I, I, I think really strong hands, great leg drive when he gets into India, a strong anchor in pass protection. He's got um, wide bodies. He's really bulky yeah. up top. He looks like a guard. Um, yeah, no. I also, totally agree. speaking of a guy who played guard and the kick to the tackle, Doug Nestor, who was at Votek, just transferred to West Virginia. He's a guy who Votek was playing him like um, at right guard and due to injury, he kicked it to right tackle and looked surprisingly good there. That's a guy who I I, I just kind of want to keep my eye on. Six seven three twenty one. He was the biggest recruit Votek had gotten in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now he's out West Virginia, and uh, I, I like what Neil Brown's doing, and I'm excited to see him there. Go Mountaineers. I don't like any of the Iowa State offensive linemen. I'll tell you that for free. Not really. Uh, like, okay, just to wrap up the offense as a whole, because that's, that's what the Big 12 is about, feels like a bit of a down year, especially because of yeah. the receivers. The wide receivers, I think, specifically. like the, Again, I, I mean, like, Brees Hall's that dude. Spencer Rattler's that dude. Yeah, uh, we we both like Stogner, um, but yeah, I mean, outside of Rattler and Hall, there's no like, oh my god, type dudes, right? Like, I mean, it's the number one quarterback and number one running back, but after those two, <laughs> yeah, it's saying a lot, but still, no, I totally, we're like, yeah, you know, especially you with the wide receivers, though, you're right. Yeah, yeah, but then you know, like Marvin Mims is next year. Like, it's it feels like a lot of the top guys are. Uh, like coming off their freshman years, Marvin Mims is gonna be in the SEC by the time he comes out. <laughs> That's a good point. He's staying. He's staying for all five years. And to learn more about the Orlando Magic, tune into Spotify Green Room for when AJ goes live every Tuesday afternoon with Magic Talk with the Magic Man. Now you see me. Now you don't. <laughs> It's live audio only sports talk platform. It's not only Magic Talk, but that's why most people download it on out of the iOS app store. Um, yeah, so that's why most people download Green Room in, in general is to listen yeah. to Magic Talk. Yeah, yeah, 
Not even just Asia, just mag- different people doing magic. <laughs> There's a lot of us out. It's a very saturated market, but it's it, it's rich. It's rich. So create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group. Follow all the magic people, um, and come with your magic kingdom. We we call ourselves. Come with your m- most magical takes. Uh, Suggs is gonna be an all star for sure. Interior defensive line. Give us your hot uh, take. Uh, I like Perion Winfrey. That's my hot take. <clears throat> yeah, he's take. awesome. Junior college transfer was incredible last year for Oklahoma. <laughs> I expect yeah. uh, him to be even better this year. Uh, we haven't had a lot of thus far uh, in our talks. We haven't had any like. I think Ralph Hawley's been the interior defensive <laughs> lineman we've loved the most, and like. Uh, yeah, Win- Winfrey looks like a guy who could d- be uh, a top 100 guy for sure. Three tuck, totally one tech, yeah. nose tackle, moved all around. Six four, two ninety seven, twitched up, carries his weight really well. Yes, Hit- for sure. I think he, as a power rusher, he is very talented. He does a really good job getting underneath guys and just blowing them up, gen- generating power in short area. Um, and like I, I want to see him be more stout as a run defender. He can, he can kind of get washed out there sometimes. Yeah, if he doesn't win that with just initial quickness as a run defender, yeah. he kind of he gets, he gets stonewalled. Yeah, agreed. but but again, a junior college guy who transferred to Oklahoma during the pandemic and yeah, was that that flashy his first year uh, at, at OU? And so I think I think a, a do OU seems to have all the most interesting defenders in my mind. Um, I think he's a guy who, on a really improved OU defense last year under Alex Grinch, like he's a guy who's poised to be all, all Big Twelve easily. Yeah, I, I think right now, if I had to guess, I think he goes top one hundred. Um, I've got a fork yeah, on him same. right now, though. Same. Yeah. No, he he's one of the best defenders in the Big Twelve, I think, prospect wise. Definitely. Um, who's your who's your second guy? Big old Andre Colburn. Siaka Ika from Baylor, who was the LSU transfer. This is a guy who I I think, similarly to Winfrey, is going to blow up this year. Now he's he uh, he looked really good as a freshman. Was part of that championship LSU team. Dave Aranda left for Baylor. Uh, he he was asked to play less nose tackle and 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 because they were they played more formal fronts under uh, he who who shall not be named as defensive coordinator. Um, and now he's transferred to Baylor. He followed Dave Aranda there. He's going to be playing that true nose. He is powerful as hell. He can just eat up space, hold, and occupy blocks. Um, I'm really excited for him as a nose tackle. Yeah, no, he, he's pretty exciting. He's, I, I, he's also 6'4", 350. Yeah, he's big. Colburn's, Colburn's what, 6'2", 350? He's massive too. He's yeah, just... he, he's my next guy. He's my third guy. Yeah, I've got a, a late draftable on him. I think there's a Same. lot for him to work on. I like even just being more consistent in the run, which I think is like the biggest, you know, when you when you got a guy his size. But uh, no, I think I think again, he was only Richard sophomore last year, I, I believe. So uh, yeah. I think he'll take another big leap. Yeah, he he inconsistent, but when he's on, he's yeah. a very yeah. talented nose tackle. Um, yeah. And he plays really good leverage. He's like, again, like you said, he's only 6'2", but 350. He's got like kind of some natural leverage to him, not to the state of Puna Ford, but um, <laughs> yes. he, he can really 
sit down, anchor down uh, in the trenches at times. Yeah, he. Yeah, no, the, the glimpses are all all there. He totally like I I'm almost. I almost put these three together, Winfrey, Ika, and Coburn, at just kind of at different levels in terms of you. You've seen it, and now getting another year, um, and Ika being in a better system. Winfrey come another year out of JC, Coburn just developing because he he's a younger player. I I, I can see them all being uh, pretty flashy defensive linemen in the Big Twelve. And Dante uh, Stills. I was about to say, Darius is. Uh, worse i think i like dante better than darius <laughs> yeah of course you're gonna say that um yeah i, I think so. i think i do too i do too he i, I think just a little a, a lot longer a little leaner yes yeah. has a little more in his hands um less relying on gap shooting as a pass rusher more reliant on those hands uh he'll he'll be all big 12 i don't know I saw some hype for Corey Bethley. I don't know if that's just a TCU thing. Like, TCU's always producing dudes. I didn't yeah, look really how good it. Ross Blacklock's been. I, in fact, I probably had a first-round grade on him. So. Um, um, yeah, I didn't really see it with Bethley. Agreed. Um, jumping to Edge, if we may. May we? We may. We may. Is your top guy Nick Benito? Yeah. Uh, how fond of you are of this man? Uh, how much do you think Benito? Are you going to dunk on me? You'd be like, he's actually terrible. Um, no, no, no. I don't think he's terrible. I'm just not I'm not sure what uh, I... Because, okay, like PFF says he's like the greatest player in the country. Well, he is. Uh, okay, okay, he is. Sorry, you're right. Okay, I'm on board now. PFF. I, 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 just, I, like I like him quite a bit. I, like I think him. he's a really explosive pass rusher who's... Yes. Undersized playing a stranger role because he's he's really playing off ball linebacker a lot of the time. Well, the, yes. the, they they play kind of that multiple front where they'll they'll go three down linemen, and he'll be a true edge. Sometimes they'll they'll go uh, do a three three five with him playing like a Sam linebacker role. He's not he's bad only, in coverage. No, he's not six three two thirty eight. So he's not like the ideal size for an edge, but he's explosive as hell. Uh, I think he's very bendy around the edge. He he yes. dips really well, um, and. He, his hands, you see flashes of uh, a club arm over. You, you see flashes of swipes. I want to see him kind of develop that and see a little more consistency in his hands. But in terms of being this far out from the actual draft, like Agreed. the bend, the, the twitch, the, like the, the get off, like the speed, get off, yeah. you, you can see why people are hyped up about him. Um, Do I, you have I mean, a top like, 100 on him now? No. Um, okay, no, me neither. Okay, I was just wondering. Okay, yeah, well, like he, he is like I have him behind of the guys we've done. I've had I, like obviously I've Thibodeau. jumped ahead, but like uh, sticking with just the conference that we've done on the show, I have him behind Kayvon Thibodeau. I have him behind ZTF. He's my third. yeah. Uh, I think I have him ahead of my Jay Sanders. Uh, yeah, I do too. I do too. Okay, so same same zone. So I, I, I had a fifth on my Jay, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the same. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, the, the get off and just the the, the 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 band, like the traits are all there. It's just, yeah, um, yeah no, I tell you, he's fun. He's very fun. Who's your next guy? I, you know, I kind of went back to O'Shea Mathis, who I just like the potential he's, there with him. I, w- I want to say with both him and with Trace Ford from Oklahoma State. Yeah, those are my top three guys. Yeah, I think both of those Mathis and Ford. Um, they're both. Quite explosive, quite twitchy. Yes. Uh, 
Mathis is long and lean, and yeah. he's got some bend to him. He doesn't really have much of a pass rush plan other than attack that outside shoulder and win with my athleticism. Um, yes. But he, he, he he's exciting, I think. I think Trace Ford's exciting, too. Trace Ford, um, uh, it, it's kind of a simple. I think Trace Ford plays a weird role, too, where there will yeah. be times where Oklahoma State just hasn't played, like, off-ball linebacker and blitz from wherever he wants. Um, which can create mismatches is, I mean, it's smart on their part. Um, but both, both are really raw as run defenders and raw with their hands and pass rush plan. But I like them both. Like I, I, like you can, they have NFL talent. Agreed. Yeah. And I think like Ford's put it together a little more. Yeah. They're both good. I I, I would say, I would say Ford's more ready. Whereas Mathis I, I don't know. He just seems like he's higher dripping floor. with potential. I, higher, yeah. higher ceiling, yeah. Higher ceiling, okay. yeah. Um, okay. Okay, we'll end up the linebackers. Yeah, you already said all these guys are the same, so I, I, who's, your, who's your top guy? I do want to make a point that the Big 12 linebackers, um, now, this is something that makes me really appreciate conferences where a conference like the Big 12 that's known for its pass-heavy offenses like it's clear there's a certain type of linebacker that is recruited to the big 12 where it's these guys who are almost bigger safeties i mean malcolm rodriguez at oklahoma state was a safety um and and they're they're undersized linebackers who move really well and, and are more competent in coverage than a lot of other linebackers and i think that was that was something where outside of like mike rose and colin schooler most of these guys kind of fit that same bill in terms of their size and their athletic gifts. Um, yes, it's clear they're trying to get ball linebackers. Yeah, exactly. Um, who's your number one linebacker? Because uh-huh. I do like I like two a lot. Okay, I I don't I don't have any draft grades. I don't. Okay. I don't. Not not a huge fan. I actually gave it to Micros. <laughs> Top guy, just pure production. Um, I think Brian Asamoah at Oklahoma is super talented. Yeah. No. Fair enough. I, he's my he, third guy. He is a freaking flash on the screen with his his athleticism. Um, now he he's six one two twenty eight. He hits like yeah. he's a car crash. So does uh, I'll get to my other guy in a sec. Um, <laughs> and he he'll play Will. He'll play Mike. Uh, I mentioned how they have Benito kind of play that Sam, and then Asamoah and Deshaun White are, are the t- two true off balls. Um, in like he'll get like lost. His instincts aren't aren't great. He'll get lost. He'll bite on play action. He'll he'll yeah. uh, he'll take himself out of plays at times. Um, I think he's good in zone. Um, I I want to see kind of more awareness. Like he has the athleticism to hang in coverage. It's just more about his eyes and being more aware of, of spacing and 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 where where uh, pass catchers are. Um, but I I just I don't know. I just love how fast he fucking plays. I he looks to kill people. Uh, I really appreciated that. And then my other guy's Terrell Bernard, and it's a similar thing. Uh, Bernard from Baylor, who's just playing lights out, gets downhill in a fucking hurry, looking to kill people. Uh, a little better instincts. Little Both of them struggle to, to stack and shed the, the lack of length. They're both like 6'1", yeah, in the, in the 220s. Um, yeah. I, just, I just love the play speed. I love the physicality and aggressiveness from them both. Uh, I haven't liked a lot of linebackers we've watched to this point in general. So I got excited to see Dutu play so fucking fast. 
Overshawn is what, like 6'4", 217? Like it's... Yeah, Overshawn looks like a guy who who was probably a stud in high school because he's so long and athletic, but he just yeah. doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> it's... I totally agree. But yeah, I, I, this so far, I haven't been... But I mean, we're still early and we're not in, even into the linebacker conferences really but i haven't been super well, the impressed big ten? the big 10 baby that's where that's where all the linebackers will shine give me some more josie jewels <laughs> uh yeah no i i, I really haven't bought into mike, any linebacker I, I like i like hearing you get excited though um mike rose is the reigning big 12 defensive player of the year uh, yeah. he's he's not like the two linebackers I just talked about. No. He, he's built more like an old school linebacker, 6'4", 250. They use him in a lot of different ways. I, I do like that, but he's just not a very good athlete. Um, plays really hard and he hits really hard, but uh, he also misses a lot of tackles. I don't I don't really like him. Uh, Malcolm Rodriguez is really small, plays really fast. Yeah. Colin Schooler would have been in the Hall of Fame 30 years ago. Uh, yeah. I like Deshaun um, a little bit too. He's really fast. I was just enamored by the speed and all these linebackers being so fast and athletic other than Mike Rose and Colin Schooler. It, yeah, it definitely is cool that, that – I mean, it's like, it's like the CFL. The Big 12 is like the CFL. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> uh, jump to corners. Who who do you got at the tippity-top here? Uh, I have one guy who, like, clear-cut number one, Trevious Hodges Tomlinson. I, he's my top guy too, but I, I still like Deshaun Jameson from Texas. Uh, yeah, he's my number two. Those, I think they're the top two guys, and that's it. So I think my favorite thing about Tomlinson was his ability to play both man and zone. Like he just was natural mirroring guys. He has great, quick, yeah. fast feet. Uh, and then in zone, I I thought he did a really good job, um, using his body to cover guys and and uh, putting himself in the right place. Like. Pretty good eyes, attacks the ball well. His closing speed really helped in that regard too. Um, now uh, the big the big thing is he's five nine one seventy seven, so he's not built like yeah. an outside corner. So is he a nickel at the next level? I'm not sure, but I don't know. Like he's fluid. He's so smooth. He he finds the ball uh, in phase really well. Um, I like him a lot playing off zone or off man. Not not great in press, just because again the size thing, but. Uh, Really, uh, really natural corner. Yeah, no, for sure, I, absolutely. I think he's clearly the top dude, but I still, I still think there is something there with Deshaun Jameson, and I don't know if he got better last year, maybe, maybe a little bit, but I still like all the traits there. You know, like he's quick footed, hips are still pretty smooth. But we're talking um, about Tomlinson. Yeah, no, I jumped to Jameson. Oh, I got so confused. Sorry. You said it. I agree with you. I, I agree with you. He's the top guy. I was gonna say James. You're gonna tell me I'm wrong. You no, I like I like Tomlinson a lot too. Uh, how how high of a grade do you have on Tomlinson from TCU, the cornerback? He he is my highest rated Big Twelve defender. Uh, oh, okay. I, I don't have him over Benito, but he's my. I've got I think... him, him Benito and Winfrey are my top three. Mine too. Mine too. Oh wait, no. Too. Greg Eisworth's my number one. Mike Rose my number two, and uh, uh, oh, there's no one funny to say. Oh, the rules of three. Colin Schooler's number three. Colin Schooler, there you go. Uh. Uh, yeah, my, my Jam- Jam- Jameson's a guy who's a one, a really good return man. Yes, yeah. Two. I always like the re- good return guys, our DBs. Me too. 
like I think he's in a, like he he's he's a, a really clean athlete. Um, I I yes. two things. I want him to. He he's not a great tackler. He, he struggles to find the ball at times. I don't like him that much in zone, but I like him in man coverage. I like him as a nickel. Yeah. I think he. I have a draft ball on him. Yeah, me too. Um, After those two, I, I think he falls off a cliff. I totally agree. But yeah, I remember last year, <clears throat> I was higher on Jameson. I was just really hoping he'd make a leap, and he didn't really. But again, it's COVID, so hopefully it comes this year. I mean, at minimum, I think he finds when the NFL's return in. Sorry. I think at minimum he could find his way into the NFL as a return man. Yeah, no, I agreed. I agree with you. And I that's not even saying that he's a bad DB at all. No, 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 definitely not. Uh, do you like the safeties? Uh, I mean, I don't. Okay, I feel do like I've any, had such a. I. Do you have any? I want draftable. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Colby Harville appeal, but I feel like I've had such a. I don't. Love hate relationship with Harvell Peel over. I feel like this time last year I, I shit on him, <laughs> and then like early in the season he was really good, and then late in the season like he there's a couple games where he like he couldn't find the ball. But but you know as like a center fielder the talent is there. I don't. <clears throat> I think a lot of people might be higher on him than I am. But I I'm I don't see it. I don't I don't I don't know. I don't. Am I missing something? Um, I like Trey Dude, I swear more people, than him. People like had him like. Uh, I guess uh, uh, I don't mind Sterling either. I swear people had like top 100 grades on him, and I'm not well, there. I got like do, like a do day you three remember? grade on he him. He originally came out, and then like a day later, he decided not to. Yeah, yeah. And, and there was like hype around him, and, and so he's a guy who plays some single high, he plays some too deep. I, I think he's pretty natural yeah. dude in zone. I just don't think he finds the ball very well. Um, it's inconsistent. He's, sometimes he's so good at, it and sometimes he can't find the ball. I, I think it was the, I think it was Bedlam. If I'm remember, I, I didn't do this game in preparation of the podcast, but I just remember watching it live. And there was one game where, like, he just could not find the football. But there's other games where he, he's, he's got picks, like, and he's doing it really well, center fielding. So it's, like, it's just finding consistency. So I got a day three grade on him. I think the talent is there. I think if he puts it together, it's there. But I, I don't see the top 100 guy, especially after, you know, like, like without this season coming. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um... I like Trey Sterling I, I, too. I don't have a draftable on him, but I, I like him as well. I don't have a dra- so I don't have any draftables on the safeties. I have some guys who like I enjoy watching. I like Van Zant at TCU a little bit. I like the mm-hmm. way they used him. They used him a lot, um, playing just true nickel and like blitzing him. He he yeah. well he last year seemed to be playing the role Ardarius Washington had played the year before. I know, yeah. Which is just a fun role in general because TCU blitzes the their hell DBs are so much fun. Their nickels, yeah. yeah. And like he, he was a really physical guy, so I liked him a little bit. He, he's flashing. I think Dullern Turner Yell, another nickel type guy. He he's kind of the best cover nickel. Uh, Turner Yell's this, my third guy. Yeah, of this group, I thought of the guys who play a lot of nickel. He he was the best in coverage, the smoothest. Um, the best. Was he huge recruit, wasn't he? Or am I just misremembering? You might be thinking of the other hyphenated uh, Ridley Hines, who who or I think uh, who transferred to Washington. He was a big recruit. Turner Yell maybe just I, yeah I don't know maybe just I remember his name's been around for so long. Greg Eisworth um, tackles <laughs> yeah. really well. He's a great tackler. Special teams. Chris Margos who's my comp last year. I stick with it. Uh, yeah, it's the best. I, I like Alonzo Adai, who is uh, his brother or his, sorry his cousin was the the DB coach. He's now at Georgia, uh, and his his other cousin is uh, what's his name. Joseph. The old Charger safety. 
Oh, uh, Jaleel. Yeah, Jaleel. Um, <laughs> he he just he's a New Hampshire transfer. He knocks dudes out when he gets the chance. Uh, they play they played a lot of three safety last year, so he was playing a lot of he play single high, play some two deep, he come down, play some nickel. Um I just really instinctual football player who love getting in the mess against the run. So I, I that always says to me special teams potential there. Him him and Eisworth I think got special teams yeah. potential. Like Eisworth will be in the NFL, but I mean he, I he's got a chance exactly to be a four time first team all big twelve. That's crazy. Um, by the way, Turner Yell, uh, three star, two four seven. It's just the Grinch got him, got him going. The Grinch got him going. Wow. Um, is that is that everyone you want to talk about? Is there anyone else? Yeah. You want to talk no, no, no. We're good. Let's. Uh, who who do you got winning it all in the Big Twelve? Oklahoma, shocker over Iowa State. Okay, I also have Oklahoma, shocking. I also have them over Iowa State, but like, I kind of wanted to pick Texas. As like I don't know I feel like something weird is gonna happen after this after them leaving I, I think either either Texas is gonna have a bad year or Texas is gonna be in the championship game with Oklahoma I don't think there's gonna be an in between just my gut just my gut uh, who's Texas quarterback gonna be Casey Thompson so you in the bowl game remember him amazing yeah I got first round grade on him what do you have it's top ten grade. Me QB one. He's that's him. He's just actually he's not even eligible. <laughs> but Big Twelve Player year. of the Year. Uh, Spencer Rattler. I mean, it's him, him or Brees Hall, and I don't like. Who, I don't know who, who would you pick third. Oof. Um. Uh, Gray probably. Casey Thompson. Mims, Mims, or Casey Thompson. Yeah. Um. You know what? Brock Purdy's <laughs> gonna win it probably. Brock Purdy's, so. throw, you... Brock Purdy's gonna throw fifteen touchdowns, seven picks, two thousand five hundred yards, and he'll win it. If if Iowa State wins the Big Twelve, he deserves it. Fine, Big Twelve defense player there. I love Nick Nick Benito. Yeah, it's hard not to. Nine sacks last year, eleven and a half TFLs. Like he's I mean, one he's of the bigger be names. This year. Yeah, yeah, one of the or he is the biggest name defensive player in the, in the Big Twelve. I think. Uh, it'd Agreed. be. I think the, his biggest competition are from his team, like guys on that. Like the, their defense is very good now. They've they've really put it together under Grinch and like uh, yeah. I think his biggest competition's coming from Winfrey, um, and my yeah, boy Brian Asamoah, and Eisworth, yeah, yeah. And I Eisworth's gonna have like thirty three tackles, five pass breakups, one pick, and a sack, and win it. And like, Mike Rose is gonna have eighty tackles. So. My, my, oh, okay. Uh, any guesses for town of the week? Oh, still hotter, baby. I think it's gotta be still hotter. Fuck. No, I was gonna get sued by the movie if I made made Stillwater. Fuck. Matt Damon was coming after us. Yeah. Why is they, the movie called Stillwater if his daughter's arrested in Europe? Wait, it doesn't make for that for that for next episode. It, like, like, is it is it just does it? Like, how little does Stillwater have to do with it other than they're from there? I think the daughter went to Oklahoma State. But she's not. Like, it, it, it's an overseas movie, right? Like, she's kidnapped by it because it's, she, it's propaganda. No, no, it's not It's not taken. It is. Yes, it is propaganda. I is salute it, at the end. Not, Every time I, I see the commercial. Honestly, I thought it was I, Southern taken. I would watch that. No, I think she gets arrested. 
and Matt Damon. <laughs> this should not be part of the podcast. I think she gets, fuck it. It's, we're talking Big Twelve. I think she gets arrested, and Matt Damon's trying to clear her name. But it's years later or something. She's been arrested for multiple years. I don't know. Maybe he had to save up. He didn't care. I don't know. Oh. Maybe the first like hour and a half of the movie is him just working hard on the line in Stillwater, trying to save up to to buy a lawyer. That sounds good to me. You have to promise me every time you see the trailer, uh, you salute at the end of it because I do. Oh, I kneel. Oh God. (laughs) Anyways. Uh, So, yeah, Stillwater wasn't the town of the week. It wasn't Stillwater. (laughs) But it's movie of the week. Correct. Uh, Town of the week is uh, Manhattan, Kansas. Oh, of course it is. I'm sorry. You should be. Home to the Kansas State Wildcats. Uh, And I guess the population. Wait, let me get there. We're not there yet. That's my favorite part. Kansas State Wildcats play at Bill Snyder Family Football Stadium, who, like I say every episode, who the stadium's named after, it's named after Bill Snyder, who, if you didn't know, was the head coach of Kansas State from 89 to 2005, and then again from 09 to 2019, <laughs> uh, was two-time, two, two-time Big 12 champ, four-time Big 12 North champ, uh, four-time Big 12 coach of the year, three-time Big 8 coach of the year, Hall of Famer, over 200 career wins. Yes, you can guess the population. Uh, can I just say I love it that how much that happened to the college where like a legacy coach will leave and you know it's ah oh, he's finally retired and then come back and have to take over the program again. And my prediction is uh, he'll be Big Eight coach once again. Um, the population of Manhattan. Wait, New York or Kansas? I don't care. I don't know. I don't know the answer to one of those though. Uh, 72,000. Uh, wrong. What's it? It's 54,604. It's not that bad. Within 20,000. Okay, sorry. Uh, notable alumni. They have a lot of alumni, but, like, no people are actually from Manhattan, Kansas. Wikipedia tried to claim a bunch of people are from there, and I would click and they weren't. I love that. I love. I love when that happens. So I'll give you the two people who are from Manhattan, then I'll give you the alumni. the The two people actually from there are Eric Stone Street, uh, the actor, and Bobby I didn't know Douglas. From Manhattan. Bobby Douglas That's a good being the two. first the first quarterback to run for a thousand yards in uh, NFL history. Um, or for, no, for not s- not a thousand. Sorry, he had the record. It was like nine hundred eighty four, and Vic broke it. Uh, and and he didn't play at Kansas State though. He played at Kansas. And uh, us Manhattanites will never forgive him for it. And some notable alumni are Eric Stone Street, Juan Kruger, the now-retired Oklahoma head coach, uh, Milton Eisenhower, which is Dwight D's brother, uh, Christy Alley. Really? (laughs) And I put that just for you. Uh, Michael Beasley, who was going to be the next LeBron. Uh, Aaron Brockovich. The the movie? <laughs> Correct. Is Big Tw- is the Big Twelve the the conference in movies? It seems like it. And now uh, I'll just name in order the four greatest Kansas State football players in Kansas State history. Uh, okay. Tyler Lockett, number four. Jordy Nelson, number three. Whoa. Darren Sproles, number two. And Michael Bishop, number one. 
Uh, that's a great top four. Thank you. It's a great top four. Thank you. Thank Michael you. Bishop follows both of us on Twitter. No big deal. That's well. That's why we had to. We're obligated to say that. He's a friend of the show. I bet we Michael could have Bishop. him on. I bet we could definitely get him on. Yeah, we should have tried for this episode. Question is, do we like? Do we want to? Not really. That I would love to talk to Michael Bishop. Okay, then have him on. I'm not going to join the episode. Go ahead. <laughs> it's, just, it's just talking bish. We're just talking bish. All right, some things to do in Manhattan. AJ's least favorite part of the show. AJ wanted this to be over 20 minutes ago, 40 minutes ago, probably. Oh, yeah, 40 minutes. I, was, I just want to hear what museum is in Manhattan. All right, let's start with the Flint Hills Discovery Center. What do you discover there? I have no idea. I didn't click. Flint Flint Hills. Uh, okay, the Kansas State Insect Zoo. Okay, well, that's great. That's awesome. Alternatively, if you don't like insects, they've just got a regular zoo called the Sunset Zoo. Okay, well, that zoo sucks compared to the insect zoo. The Liquid Art Winery and Estate. What is liquid art? Uh, their wine. It's liquid art. Have you ever had a fine Kansas wine? Oh, yeah. Mm, Duh. Ain't, ain't nothing like it. Tuttle Creek State Park. It's a cool name. If, uh, <laughs> wine's Get to the museums. Thing. If wine's not your thing, how about the Tallgrass Tap House? Tallgrass what? Tap house. Oh, I love it. I love to go to the Tallgrass Tap House. All right, you wanted museums, didn't you? Yeah, baby. Let's get to it. The Wolf House Museum. Okay, I don't know do what, they just I don't have houses where wolves lives? <laughs> I have no idea. You have to go to find oh, out. It's great I marketing. Killed a guy. Oh, God. I wish this was over. They have the Mariana Kissler Beach Museum of Art. I didn't put that, um, but I'm glad you looked it up. Because at first when I read that, I was like, they have a museum dedicated to beaches? And then I realized it was just the location. It's her name? Is it Yeah. the location? Or I don't, yeah, I don't know. It's on campus, though. It's pretty sick. Um, of course, the Kansas Wheat Innovation Center. Sorry, I'm googling. You? I'm googling the Wolf House Museum. I need to figure out what's going on here. Okay, do you want to just keep the show running, or no, no, yeah, yeah. Let's, I'll I'll read their <laughs> I'll read everything on their website. I don't know what it is, Rob. I'm gonna be honest. Um, it's, it's been I don't know what the fuck's going on there. I, I assume it's they house wolves and they put them in art. Okay, I'll, I'll take that. Uh, and my final two places to go. Uh, obviously, Axe to Grind, which is an axe throwing place. Have you been axe throwing? No, but trust me, when I go to Manhattan, I'm going. But I'm not going to Axe to Grind. I'm going to go to the alternative option. Are you ready for it? And this is the final thing I've got listed. Are you ready? I'm ready. Located in Manhattan, Kansas, is the axe throwing business called Manhatchet. Terrific. That's just terrific. <laughs> and that's why you should go to Manhattan, Kansas, and tune in next week for the ACC. Where when I tell you why you should go to Chestnut Hill 